welcome to Dr. Who Panel to Panel. This is Jeremy Bement, your host, saying welcome to episode 132 of Dr. Who Panel to Panel. In this episode, it's kind of a streamlined episode, uh, not a lot of stuff, but something really, really special that I've been wanting to put out for ages now, I'm finally going to be uh, releasing. In this episode of Panel to Panel, we will do the usual. We'll cover the news and let you know what's new and uh, interesting in the way of Doctor Who comics. We will then take a look into the Pandorica. We'll open the Pandorica on the new Doctor Who comic strip for the first time in I can't remember how long. We have a new comic strip in Doctor Who magazine. It is called The Forest Bride, and we will take a look at the first part. And then... We will have a very special interview. Uh, for those of you who are big Doctor Who comic fans, you will undoubtedly know that Vorp Vorp magazine issue number four is has been released, and I believe anybody who pre-ordered their copy is pretty well got it by now. And I am honored to be one of the contributors in that I had a, a chance many, many, many years ago, not many, 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 but quite a few years ago, to chat with one of Doctor Who's very first artists. Uh, his name is Bill Mevin, and he drew the first Doctor comic strip way back in the 60s. And uh, many years ago, I was asked by uh, Colin Brockhurst and Gareth Cavanaugh to chat with Bill about his career and about working on Doctor Who. And I was, uh, had a wonderful chat with him, and... That interview, if you want to read that interview, you can read it in the new issue of Vorp Vorp magazine. But now that that issue has come out, I can uh, release the audio version of my interview with the now late uh, Bill Mevin. And you can hear him chat about his work and his career. And I'm interested to listen to it myself because it's been quite a few years since I chatted with Bill and I remember... Uh, it was a, a great conversation. He was a wonderful gentleman to chat with, and I really enjoyed uh, talking to him. And I think you'll enjoy this chat as well. So that is how we are going to round out this episode of Doctor Who Panel the Panel. I want to thank everybody for downloading this episode as well as previous episodes. Make sure that you check your iTunes feed or wherever you find your podcast for Doctor Who Panel the Panel if you are new to this podcast. For the most recent episodes, uh, lots of really good interviews and chats with people, uh, reviews of latest Doctor Who comics and more. And if you want to uh, go even further back and check out some of the older ones, make sure you go to archive.org and do a search for Jeremy Bement or Doctor Who Panel to Panel. And you can find all previous Doctor Who Panel to Panel episodes, except for the first one. That one is lost to the winds of time. Um, but you can find them there as easy-to-download mp3 files that you can put onto your phone or your uh, whatever you use to listen to your podcast on. So, with this intro out of the way, let's dive into this episode and start out with some Doctor Who comic news. In Doctor Who comic news for this episode of Panel to Panel, let's start out like we always do with the most recent releases. Let's take a look at the calendar for the month of October. There was a couple releases back on Wednesday, October 13th. The Missy Trade Paperback Volume 1, at least that's what it says on the spine, uh, came out from Titan Comics. So if you were waiting for the collected edition of the miniseries from Jody Hauser and Roberta in Granada, make sure you go to your comic book shop and pick it up or have them order it for you. 
And then on Thursday, October 14th, the new issue of Doctor Who magazine, issue number 570, came out, which features the return of the comic strip. Hooray! Comic strip is back. We will talk about that in just a little bit. Outside of those two things, that's about it for new releases. Uh, Here in November, we have Empire of the Wolf starting up, and uh, make sure you don't miss out on that when that comes out uh, in the next week or two. In other Doctor Who comic news, uh, Cutaway Comics, there were some kind of sporadic news or teasers, uh, just if you want to read uh, what has been posted on Twitter and here and there on the internet. Cutaway Comics is going to be doing a crossover event called Gods and Monsters. And Gods and Monsters is going to be a big crossover featuring, as far as I can tell, pretty much all their properties that they've done miniseries or one-shots of. Um, so um, I think that'll be something that'll be interesting. I'm sure Lytton will be involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, Eldrad, um, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, they also are supposed to be doing some one-shot issues. There's going to be one featuring Drax, one featuring Eldrad, one featuring Iris Wildtime, which I find really interesting. That's cool to bring her into the fold, and one featuring Sutek. So those are supposed to be one-shots that tie in with this Gods and Monsters crossover, and hopefully here sometime in the not-too-distant future we'll have a chat with Gareth Kavanaugh from Cutaway Comics. Uh, we have we had him on earlier this year. We'll have him on again because I think this is fairly big news. Um, in fact, I think this is kind of bigger news than uh, anything the Titans doing with Doctor Who comics right now. Uh, so we're going to see if we can have a chat with Gareth and find out what's going on. Uh, there's also news from Cutaway Comics that they are going to be doing a Happiness Patrol comic featuring artwork by Doctor Who comic fan favorite Adrian Salmon. So, uh, Aid, I'm looking forward to your work. Uh, I know he listens to the podcast from time to time, so I can't wait to see what uh, the Happiness Patrol is going to look like under his work. Outside of that, the only new Doctor Who uh, big news I could find is that New York Comic Con has come and gone uh, a few weeks ago, and... Titan Comics did a Doctor Who comic panel uh, virtual. They did it online. You can find it on YouTube. If you do a search for the Forbidden Planet TV channel, which is the the YouTube channel that Forbidden Planet, a.k.a. Titan Comics, uh, posts a lot of interviews and, and things with, if you go on there, you can find a uh, chat with Jody Hauser and uh, editor Jake Devine and new colorist, uh, somebody who is starting up, on the Empire of the Wolf miniseries. Her name is Warnia Sahadoya. I, I'm sorry, Warnia, if I if I just murdered your last name. Uh, I humbly apologize. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're doing for colors. And uh, Enrica Angelini, I'm going to miss her, but she's moving on to bigger and better things. So kudos. Uh, long, long time, long deserved uh, for Enrica. And that is it for the news for this episode of Panel to Panel. Let's go into a review of the new uh, comic strip that just started up in Doctor Who magazine. It's time to open the Pandorica on this episode of Panel to Panel. And now that Doctor Who magazine has a new comic strip in it, once again, we are going to take a look at that. In Doctor Who magazine number 570, which just came out a few weeks ago, Part one of the Forest Bride, which is the new series or new story, written by Jacqueline Rayner, with art by Russ Leach, 
Lettering by Roger Langridge, and editors are Marcus Hearn and Jason Quinn. So it's kind of interesting that Jason Quinn is jumping in as an editor on this, uh, considering that he worked with Rush, Russ Leach back in the Doctor Who Adventure magazine days. So I'm. it's good to see Jason staying or getting back into the Doctor Who mix of things. This uh, story, of course, features the 13th Doctor and Yaz, and basically... They are landing on a planet somewhere where there is a ritual going on. And this first part is kind of, I think, just kind of setting up the um, kind of a basic plot where there's a ritual going on where a uh, young lady is being sacrificed to the forest uh, to be the forest bride to help uh, give thanks or pay back the forest for providing the the people with uh, everything they need with source of heat and energy uh, food shelter um, and so of course what happens is what you would expect Yaz kind of goes out on her own she encounters these people while the doctor is trying to fix the TARDIS um, she eats the food she sits underneath a, a little mushroom like shelter thing um, she enjoys the warmth of the fire and then she finds out that they are going to sacrifice a young lady to the forest. Meanwhile, the doctor comes out of the TARDIS and starts looking around and notices that a lot of the trees have human faces almost carved into them. But she is like, it's more than art. It's something weird is going on. And that's when she finds out that, yes, there is definitely something weird going on. And, of course, the doctor encounters the young lady who has been rescued by Yaz, because Yaz has told her, go, run, flee, I'll take care of this crowd. And then what you would expect to happen happens. Yaz gets taken by the people and is now the uh, forest bride. She is going to be the one who is going to be uh, sacrificed to the forest and turned into a tree. Sorry if I spoiled that, but I think you'll kind of, if you read Doctor Who Magazine, you'll get the gist of this, this first part fairly quick. Um, as far as my review of this, like I said, this is the first part of a story. Um, to me, it felt rather generic. It's nothing overly special, nothing really complicated. You could see, I think within the first uh, three pages, I, in my opinion anyway, where this story was going or what was going to happen. Um, it's almost a, a traditional trope when it comes to a sci-fi story. Nothing really out of the ordinary. Uh, I'm curious to see where the story is going to go, though, because hopefully there will be a nice twist to the plot and it doesn't go just on its, where it looks like it's going to go at this point. Uh, it was nice seeing Russ Leach on Doctor Who magazine doing the artwork. Russ hasn't done much in way of Doctor Who art since the Doctor Who Adventure comic days or magazine days, uh, which I always enjoyed his art. And when I would review his, his stories, his artwork was always a treat. Uh, it's nice seeing Russ back doing Doctor Who again. These pages look very much like traditional comic book art. Uh, characters look fine. Layout looks great. Um, I think he did an excellent job. And uh, I think it's a, a kind of a run-the-mill story. It's not one I would, uh, if you're not a regular Doctor Who magazine reader, I wouldn't go out of your way to pick up the magazine. But for being the return of Doctor Who, uh, the comic strip to Doctor Who magazine, I think we're off to a, a good start. So I'll give it one thumbs up out of two. Uh, I'll give it kind of an average. 
But uh, it's nice to see Jacqueline Rayner writing the story and seeing Russ do the artwork. There you go. Nice quick review of The Forest Bride Part 1. Exterminate! Bill Mevin was the second artist to do the Doctor Who comic strip after the original artist Neville Main. Uh, if you read the comic strip companion by friend of the show Paul Schoons, I'm going to quote here. He has an excellent little biography of Bill Mevin. William Bill H. Mevin studied at the Liverpool School of Art before beginning his career as a trainee film animator in the 1940s. He worked on the animated film Animal Farm back in 1954, then joined the Sunday Chronicle as a cartoonist. Mevin subsequently found work as a comic strip illustrator and became a prolific contributor to TV comic, drawing Lenny the Lion, Supercar, and Space Patrol. Mevin's later strips for TV comic included World Cup Willie, Bugs Bunny, Droopy, and Popeye. He also drew the Poggles, Bill and Ben, the Herbs, and Morph for Pippin. Mevin illustrated the, the Supremes for the Daily Mail and then took over artwork on the long-running The Perisher Strip, which continued until 2005. So, as you can tell just by that little brief bio, Bill Mevin had a really long and prolific prolific career as an illustrator. And it is my privilege to, back in uh, many, many years ago, to chat with Bill Mevin to do an interview which was transcribed into uh, Vort Vort Magazine number four. So here, after all this time, um, thank you to Colin Brockhurst. Uh, here is the audio of my chat with a wonderful gentleman, uh, the late Bill Mevin. Hello. Hello, Mr. Mevin, sir. Hello, Jeremy Kidd. <laughs> How's it going today? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I'm a great fan of America, by the way, gentlemen, because of the First World War. Uh, Second World War, I mean. Oh, yeah. They were very good to it. Um, I, I was uh, in the RAF for five years during the war, you know. Oh, yeah, well. Uh, 41 to 46, and uh, I was in India at one time, and uh, we had a dreadful camp with living in tents and no diversions. I was suicidal, actually, and just up the road there was a camp, an American camp. Yeah. And they had everything. Wow. And it, called PX, where they had it. it was like a candy store with cigarettes and beer. They had an outdoor cinema, and this, they let us use everything, and I've never forgotten that. I'm always grateful to America. Oh, we try to be generous. You certainly are, yeah. Okay. Especially for I, also, especially for this part of the United States. I'm from the, the Midwest, where I think we're probably the most generous and friendliest people of, of the United States. Well, I got an example. It was incredible. I can't tell you, and I really mean suicidal. I think I would have gone. I wouldn't have done it. And uh, and then after the war, of course, I was an animator with uh, trained by Walt Disney people. Then there was, I suppose, I don't know whether you know, they were brought over here after the war. And there was an attempt to match the studio by a, a big businessman. He, he bought a, a, a manor house and put us all in. I was trained by a. A fellow named John Reed, who was an, uh, a Disney animator, uh, who later he directed the first full-length film, uh, Animal Farm, and I, I worked on that. I was an animator on that. But uh, the, the head of the studio was uh, a fellow named David Hand, who was director of Snow White and Bambi. Okay. And uh, he was his blue-eyed boy. Eventually, he they changed style in the middle of, of doing Bambis and decided to do Tom and Jerry's because. <laughs> <laughs> 
because they, they thought the style was a lot better. And, uh, and to, to start it off, we, uh, he, he sent for me and asked me to do the character design, which is really, you know, it's quite an accolade. And to sit opposite the fellow who directed uh, Snow White and Bambi, you know, I've been told that uh, he'd, he'd been impressed by my, uh, you know, we got a test at first, uh-huh. a cartoon test. And he, he'd, he'd remembered that. Anyway, there's, there's so much more of this than Jeremy, because uh, Doctor Who's only a part. Well, I'm interested in your entire career, so uh, to, let me start at the beginning. Uh, when exactly were you born? Uh, I was born in Liverpool in 1922. 1922? God help me, 22, yeah. Okay. And, uh, in Liverpool. So it was, uh, what was it like growing up in Liverpool back back then? It was terrible. I was, I was in a very poor district, very poor district, probably one of the poorest. And I was one of five children, so you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And the depression then, believe me, was a lot worse than the recessions we have now. Uh, you know, it was really grim. And uh, I, I, my saving grace was that I could, I passed a scholarship. I was a, I was a basic elementary school, and I would have had to have gone on from there. But I, I, I won a scholarship to the art school. And, uh, of course, in those days, money was everything, and my parents... First of all, they weren't very happy. They thought it was a waste of time. In Liverpool, of course, there was no art at all. And uh, I, I had a brother who was actually the poor fellow who was dying virtually. He died of uh, kidney problems. But he he convinced them that to send me to this school, you know. Uh-huh. And so I went there for two years, but I really didn't learn an awful lot. And uh, after that, um, because the work was ridiculous. I just had a job doing um, window tickets uh-huh. <laughs> until the war, of course. Uh-huh. Did, and, uh, did you have kind of a natural aptitude for art growing up? Did you enjoy drawing or cartooning? Absolutely. When I was a child, you know, I, I even spent my, instead of buying sweets, I'd buy, well, I could only afford cheap uh, sort of exercise books uh-huh. with lines in, but I drew and drew all the time, co- copying uh, the and uh, my big, the fellow I admired most was a fellow called Alec Raymond, an American, oh. who drew uh, Flash Gordon. And what an, he was a terrific artist, that fellow, really. Yeah. Absolutely terrific. And uh, I, I studied him uh, until, um, you know, until they, uh, I had to join up. Huh. Well, Bambi in Calcutta when I was on leave, and that was it. I wanted to be an animator. Right. And uh, then I went on to, as you say, and uh, after after I'd done the, the major film, in the film, an optician said to me, "It's not the best job for you, you know, because animators in those days worked over a light box, you know, oh. the way you had to flick the pages of the paper, uh, like a flicker book over a light." Sure. And uh, he said, "It's not the best job," so I gave it up and went into children's uh, comics. And uh, did, I did you I went, did you uh, I did. Uh, enjoy? Are cartoony more than like regular? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed drawing the cut. Yeah, I did. But um, uh, well, the thing is this, uh, Jeremy. One day I'll be discovered because there's no one with the range I've done. I, you know, yeah, from then on I did children's uh, stuff, and I, I, I eventually came to an outfit called Polystyle Publications, mm-hmm. and they um, they covered the lot, TV comic. It covered every program and children's program, I think, on television. And uh, I drew, uh, Doctor Who was part of it. I drew Supercar, I did Popeye, I did uh, Bugs Bunny, 
um, Huckleberry Hound, Barney Bear, I did them all. Oh. And the range from doing Popeye to drawing the Doctor Who was quite a jump. Uh, yeah, now, that's uh, quite a leap from one to the other. Did did you? Certainly is, and I've no, I don't know anybody who would, uh, anybody else who's, who's reached. And of course, through the Disney stuff, my Disney stuff was bang on. And uh, uh, and then I got to the and Doctor Who was this, you know, it was like a conveyor belt. I, I would do whatever prog- whatever was program came along, and they, uh, and Doctor Who came along as just one of the the, uh, the run of the mill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought what happened is I thought it had something because we got letters from children, sure, and they really were interested. They really, they used to ask, even ask what sort of materials I used. Uh-huh. And uh, it was terribly popular, really. And I, and I only did it for six months, Jeremy, because I, I had a, a, a colossal breakdown, nervous breakdown. And that uh, set me out. I, 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 incidentally, I, I, I did a book a few years ago. I don't know whether you saw it. It's called The Comic Strip Companion. Oh, Can you see it yep. that I drew the cover? Uh-huh. Yep, I sure did. Well, that's cut cover. You saw that. I did that when I was 19, uh, uh, or 91. Uh-huh. And the publisher said it was perfect, and I've never had that before. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I I really, see I, I've seen that cover. I really enjoyed that cover. There's all about me, my stuff in there, the scripts and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's, an, it's an excellent book. Uh, the the author is a uh, kind of an overseas friend of mine. I've had him on my uh, my podcast talking about the comics. Yeah. And... Uh, um, Working for TV comic, um, did you get like uh, you went from like uh, Popeye to Bugs Bunny to to all the different ones? Did you yeah. were you told just to kind of copy the styles of the the That's comic right. strips or the animation? Did you have like model sheets to work from? Or oh yes, like I had model sheets. In fact, you know, with Hanna Barbera, when I did Yogi Bear and uh, you know and. and Another one, but boo boo boo. Uh-huh. I, I had to send stuff out to them to, for checking before I actually did. Uh, and I, I got never comments back sounding like Yogi Bear saying, "Lower the crotch a little." <laughs> did they? Did they have there. to? Did they have to give their stamp of approval to you as an artist for their work? And I got it, which is you know, it's quite something. And eventually, it said strip works real good now, uh-huh. so well, I was okay. But <laughs> they sounded just like it. Did, and uh, uh, yes, I, I had to, I had a lot of um, uh, you know the Popeye. I just had to reference for it. Yeah, I had to just um, the um, uh, I adapted. But the big one <clears throat> um, after I don't know. You, you want to talk about Doctor Who? Do you? I tell your whole career here. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, your your whole career. I, I'm a I'm a big Doctor Who fan, but I'll talk about the whole your your whole thing because I know you've been working for a long time. Oh, good. Well, well, I did this for twenty odd years. You know this children's stuff, uh-huh. and, and, they, and the range. I, eventually, I was down. There, I did the the, the very infant in, in of in stuff, buttons, and I think the poodles as little plasticine characters, and uh, okay. and you know I was getting fan mail from five year olds. You know, <laughs> and uh, the, the market was drying up. The children's market was drying up. Yeah. Um, I got a new agent, and uh, he'd had this idea for some time of a, of a satirical version of Dallas and Dynasty, you know, the American uh, uh-huh. soap. 
and uh, he'd wanted somebody who could do the the actual get the characters. And uh, I came along. Luckily, I came along and he came along. I said, he said that's it. So you know, I did the a presentation of the whole thing um, based on the, the American style of advent of present. It was really good. Honestly, everything was went so well. I did this presentation and. Uh, the editor of the Daily Mail, when, I, when the agent said, well, where do you want to place this? And I said, well, look, the Daily Mail. He said, no one gets in the Daily Mail. <laughs> so he took it. I did a rather, it was rather raunchy because I thought I didn't know the program, really. I, I did, it was rather raunchy. So he sent it to the Daily Express, another big paper here, and they said they'd love to do it, but they couldn't touch it. <laughs> it was a bit too raunchy. But the editor of the Daily Mail... He obviously had the hots for Joan, Joan Collins, uh-huh. and uh, he went mad. He bought it on site. <laughs> he, he gave me the starch. You know the build-up between this is the forthcoming attractions, <laughs> and and it was the whole thing was tragic eventually because uh, I had this terrific build-up, and he, he he pushed it so much I hadn't really got. It. I was only two weeks ahead, and you know normally you hold up more and. Uh, he, um, he, he was dying to get it in. And just before, my, my wife then, you know, I, I, I wonder why she wasn't very happy about anything. And I thought it was a true publicity, which, which I, I wasn't going to be very happy about. And just before the publication date, she said she had cancer, uh, breast cancer. And that rocked me, of course. And I was writing the thing because my agent should have got me a writer, quite honestly. And uh, I... Um, I had to stagger around with that. Uh, but any, in any case, I went mad, of course. I started to introduce all sorts of characters into them. But, you know, a fellow named Terry Wogan, who just died, incidentally. And uh, a lot of American actors, uh, Sinatra. I had the legal department every day sending me notes saying, for God's sake, lay off Sinatra, because uh, he, he sure the drop of a hat. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, uh, it went on. It lasted a year, but I... I I was I was absolutely winging it. I wasn't really with it, but uh, eventually they, they, they lasted a year. And the editor he did admit at the end it should have been two years earlier because uh, Dallas and Sinister had peaked in 1980, yeah. and this was 1985 six. So really, they said born out of the popularity, and uh, that um, that did for it. But. Um, but luckily, my wife survived for another 20 odd years. She she died four years ago. Wow. But um, uh, there was a period after that where I was just looking for working, including, incidentally, um, I'll get around to that later. But uh, I, I'd written a book, a children's book, and put it on one side. And uh, when I got, I, I, I send, I got a phone call from the, the writer of The Parish, who's at a, a world famous strip in the. Daily Mirror, mm-hmm. and uh, he asked me to do it, and uh, because I'd, I'd ghosted for the, the the original cartoonist a couple of times okay. when he was unhealthy, and I had the characters bang on, and uh, and it went on from there. And it's said, you know, I had the regular regular slot there for fourteen years till he died. Yeah, I hear that. I was from I beg your pardon. I, I understand that there's a lot of people that know your name from that strip. It was it was extremely popular over there. Absolutely, yes. Oh yes, it's uh, oh it's a very. It was, uh, I don't know what it, 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 you know the strip was so good, Jeremy. That it ran for 50 years, 
I did the last 40. It ran for 50 years in the same paper, and, and six months after I left, and incidentally, they were tossing up whether I wanted to go on. They were tossing up to keep, and I was 84. And uh, uh, they, anyway, they, they, they took it out, and within a few, six months, they started the whole thing again. Really? And it's running now. And they started back from the 50 years. <laughs> and it's still in now. But I, I, I don't know whether it has the same impact, but it, when I was doing it, it was really... Uh, and when my partner died, the writer, we got messages from all around the world. It was terrific. Uh, you know, messages of sympathy and things. Wow, that's... And a, a, a lot of letters asking for it to be continued, you know, wanting me to, 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 to carry on with it. Uh, it's just like any other daily uh, cartoon strip where there's lots of people that look forward to it every morning. Well, it, it, as a matter of fact, a week ago, I had a, I have uh, people looking in on me occasionally, nurses seeing if I'm okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and one came out of my studio and she was laughing her head off, uh, literally. And I said, well, she'd come across one of my strips. Uh, I, I, we used to do a Christmas special, you know. I'd reprint the, the, uh, a strip for the Christmas uh, card. Uh-huh. And she was literally laughing. I thought, my God, this was happening to people what was it, four million a day, I think. Yeah. This was happening that, and we, we didn't, you, you don't realize, you know. And I say, is it, it must be pretty astounding to, to think of the, how long your career has been and all, all the people that, that you've touched, whether it be, you know, young kids reading your TV uh, uh, comic work Incredible. back in the Absolutely in the And I, the other thing is, someone's looking after me. I'm so. I'm, I'm incredible. My eyesight is nearly 2020, isn't it? And damn it. Mm-hmm. After all that work, and my hearing is the same as it's ever was. Uh, apart from the fact that I don't walk as well, I, I'm, I, it's incredible. Someone's looked after me. Honestly. I'm really blessed. I, I passed for 70. If you my, I've got all my hair, and it hasn't even gone really white. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know that, but... Uh, I hate saying this because it's probably tempting providence, but in, in all my life, I've been in hospital one week. And that was for observation. So there you are. Oh, it's, I think you need to <laughs> knock on some wood for some good luck. I beg your pardon? I think you need to knock on wood for some good luck. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Gideon? Oh, uh, okay. oh I'm, so, I'm so sorry. But I, I suppose you wanted to talk Dr. Who, but, but you know, I, I find that uh, I've done so much. Uh, you know, if you're interested in it. And, and incidentally, could could you give me Colin's telephone number? Because it, uh, he's written me a letter here, you know, t- saying that, uh, about your interview. And uh, I haven't, I've only got his, um, what's, not text. Actually, the first time was my do through email myself. Um, oh, I see. Well, I don't do email. Well, I've got a tablet, actually. I try, but... Oh, well, I'll have to keep going on that then. Tell you what, his uh, phone number, I will give you a, a call back, and I will give you his phone number so you can get in touch with him. Okay. Because he was very excited to uh, be in touch with you and to and to have me interview you. He's uh, <laughs> been looking forward to, to learning more about your life and your career. Oh, that would be great because uh, he's been very kind. You know, he sent me a complete set of my strips in black and white. Huh? Because and uh, he's asked for some for color. I, I can give him some of mine for color for his uh, magazine, and uh, I um, and I'm hoping that um, 
Yeah, I, actually, I, I, I've just signed the contracts for a children, that children's book I told you about, Jeremy, it was, uh-huh. it was 20 odd years ago. And I, I, um, I came across it a couple of weeks ago in a package. I'd forgotten everything about it. And when I read that, I said, this is a bloody good idea. And it was a, at the time I'd been, I'd been working for a, a magazine that dealt with uh, horse and hounds, it was called. And I realized that children of girls of about, of teenage girls are crazy about ponies. They go nuts about ponies. So I had this idea that of a, a young girl whose parents couldn't afford the pony. So if, I don't know whether you had Pegasus uh-huh. flying up. Well, Zeus, Zeus decides to give the girl a, a descendant of Pegasus. It's a, it's a pony with wings. And he hands it over in, in the woods. And, and so and uh, I've got a magic ring that she turns so that the, the, the wings can be made invisible. Okay. And are you with it? And uh, there's a lot of fun in it. And, and it's, a, it's written by a cartoonist, you can tell. Uh, trying to disguise the fact that it has rings. And of course, <laughs> things like tipping over them and all the rest of it. Uh-huh. And it really is a hell of a good story. And uh, uh, I've just uh, signed these contracts that the publishing firm are going to do it. So I'm hoping that uh, Colin will... Uh, he's asked me to do a drawing of Doctor Who. I'll do that. He'll give me a, a bit of a plug in his... Uh, for the book in the magazine. Well, I'm sure well. <laughs> anyway, what, I'm sorry. It's sorry my little girl would like. I have a little daughter who's seven years old, and she is a, a very uh, horse-friendly well, uh, girl. I think you'll find when she gets a bit older, she'll go pony mad at it. <laughs> Ready-made market there. Incidentally, but Jeremy, what, what capacity are you in? You, you, you handle all the Doctor Who stuff? Um, no, this is just kind of my, my fun project. I do just, um, you know, it's, it's not really a job. It's, uh, just a kind of a hobby of mine. I've always been, yeah. I've always been a comic book reader. Um, I was born in 1970 and I've, yeah. I've been reading comic strips like peanuts and stuff when I was a kid and, and a, a big comic book and I uh, spent years in a comic book store. Oh, you, you like comics, eh? Yeah, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Peanut, we were supposed to be the, the, the our version of Peanuts, but uh, we had the same agent, incidentally, but he never bothered with us. Wow. He had a New York agent, but uh, I think uh, Peanuts was so successful. That, that, you know, back, back, what was it, a million dollars a month I read at one time? Oh, yeah, I believe it. Um, yeah, that's how I learned how to read was through comic strips and comic books. And uh, yeah, did, did you, did you, Do you remember Eric Raymond? Oh yeah, I sure do. I I, I read quite a, a bit of his Flash Gordon stuff. Flash Gordon and Jungle Jim. He did mm-hmm. another one. Yeah, I love I love his art style. It's it's his art style was terrific. He he and then he did a detective series for the Daily Mail called uh, Rip, Rip Kirby. Yep, Rip Kirby. And the drawing that he really was incredible. Yeah, and and his his art style is one of those that just never goes out of style. You remember it too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, his his artwork and it's just it's fresh and well now as it was back when we originally did. Absolutely, he, and his accent, his accent and stuff was terrific. He influenced me, and quite honestly, Jeremy, the drawing in the Doctor for TV comic, I'm, I'm much better now, but at the time it wasn't bad for the fact that I was doing that from Popeye to Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Nobody else around could do that. You know, I, I was, uh, I've developed now to a hell of a stage, you know, and drawing now, and where do you see the illustrations in the book? A flying pony. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, uh huh. Anyway, I seem to have ventured here the wrong way. Oh, 
Um, I'm, I'm glad you were interested in a little more than just the, the Doctor Who strip because oh, I, my life, I've had an incredible time. Oh, it, it sounds like it. And I'm interested in, uh, I, I enjoy hearing about different writers and artists and in their careers and different things that they've worked on. Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole of, there was a, an American university sent over there. I, I, I sent them a, they asked for my autograph. They, apparently in Chicago, I've forgotten the name of it. But uh, that's the only contact I've had with him. But uh, as I say, I'm, I'm so grateful to America because uh, that wartime experience, you wouldn't believe it was incredible. <laughs> I was really never have to, never to look after your soldiers. Believe me, that place is incredible. They, 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 uh, an outdoor cinema in that time. And uh, they gave us free use of that. And uh, it was run uh, by um, a movie star called Jackie Coogan, who was a child star. I don't know whether you've heard uh, of him. Yeah, i yeah, well, he was he ran the projection, and there was a there were other couple of movie stars there. I mean, sat alongside, you know, it was inc- it was incredible. But really, it, I should say it saved my life. And I'm not being I'm not exaggerating. I was a I was a wireless operator, you know, which is a mundane job. But in the meantime, I did three murals and um, at the various camps. And at one camp, I did a, a mural. The commanding officer asked me to do the the officer's mess, the mural around the wall. And uh, I, uh, when I got there, I discovered that the, the, the commanding officer was a fellow called Wing Commander Nicholson, who was the only VC in the RAF history, yeah. only pilot to get the VC. He shot down a plane when he was on fire. And uh, he asked me to do this uh, officer's mess. And uh, I, I did the, it was, it was, the story. The story made the tapers. I've, I've got the, a copy of it now. Made at the end of the war. There was a, a reporter wrote, wrote up on me doing this, and I uh, did a mural of the Arabian Nights. Wow! And I did uh, the Caliph of Baghdad. Was a big fat uh, object who was obviously stoned out of his head and holding a glass. And uh, one of, I just I was finishing it when I was told that the an air vice marshal was coming to see the work. And uh, when he came, when he came in, he was a double of the Caliph of Baghdad. And uh, I just froze in He didn't say anything. But when he went out, one of his officers came in and said, "The, the Air Vice Marshal would appreciate it if you put a beard and moustache." <laughs> <laughs> and it's all in. I've got a, I've got a copy of the, the uh, a friend of mine. Uh, traced the original newspaper in 1945, and there's, there's a piece in, uh, on me in, uh, with a photograph about uh, my murals, you know. So there you are. I've done, you know, I've done a stretch. You, uh, I don't know. It takes, it takes, it takes, it takes I packed a lot in, yeah. And uh, at the moment, as I say, I, I'm, I'm so fit that... Um, you know, I hope to go on with it. I'd like to, you know, it's not the money with this book, uh, Jeremy, because I don't really need it, but it's the, the kids laugh, and there's a lot of a lot of uh, fun in it, you know, some slapstick even, you know, huh? with, these wings, with these wings that you can't see. <laughs> and uh, I'll certainly give you a copy when it's finished, when I get it out. Oh, that would be awesome. I would have read that for her read to me for that. Do you, do you ever come over here at all? No, first thing I don't. I'm kind of you don't. No, I it's I'm kind of in between. Uh, I have a wife and uh, I got four kids at home right now, and in between four kids, yeah, uh, yeah. 
I got lots of lots of work and uh, lots of people to take care of, so I don't have time to travel as much as I would like to. <laughs> and you're you're an authority on on strips. I, I, I was yeah. It's nice to meet someone who really likes it and likes the stuff. I've always been hooked on. Well, Alec Raymond got me a chance, but I'm hooked on drawing. I, I just love drawing, and I've been so lucky. You know, because uh-huh. all the uh, is is draws. And if it's, uh, to get me out of that, as I say, the pub in Liverpool at that time, I would have just been on some mundane job, and uh, that would have been it. And, uh, uh, you know, I just thank God I had uh, one ability to do it. And uh, as I say, the, the, the big one was uh, the David Hand, the director of Snow White and Bambi, to be sitting opposite him, and he just gave me this job saying that he, I said, ask him why he picked me, and he said, because... Of your original test drawings, you know, uh, we were given a, a um, you were given a test piece to, for the job, uh-huh. and uh, and it was that, you know, and that. But what happened with that studio incidentally? We, we we were we started this new film, which would have been a cracker, and the the stockholders were looking for money, and of course shorts don't make money straight away. Yeah. Well, Disney didn't even at the beginning, and uh, they wouldn't wait, and the place was closed down, and. Uh, the whole that uh, we were given uh, progressive redundancy, and uh, I had to struggle a bit after that until I got the uh, the job. With well, I did a couple of animation sweatshops where the money was very poor. They were getting really good stuff, you know, because they cashed in on the fact that we were trained. And uh, and then I got this uh, the one with Harrison Bachelor, a very famous uh, couple that made uh, Animal Farm. And I did the closing sequence. I got in late, but I did the closing sequence. Have you seen it? Have you heard of it? Have you heard of it? No? Animal Farm. Yeah. It was the George Orwell book. And uh, I, I did the, the final scenes on that. It's okay. the, the storm and a few other things. But uh, as I say, I was told it wasn't it wasn't good for my eyes. Incidentally, no, they don't do the hand. They don't do hand animation anymore. They're flapping the sheets. But then it's all done on a screen. It's kind of, kind of updated now and all done on computers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You have a collection, do you, of, of, of strips? I got quite quite a few things, yeah. I have a whole collection of the, the peanut strips. And uh, uh, back in when I was uh, in the, the 80s and 90s, uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. I love Calvin and Hobbes. Bill Waterston stuff is really yeah. good. Um, Bloom County. I don't know if you're familiar with Bloom County at all. No, I, I, but I used to watch it. There were some lovely early ones. And, uh, there was a, do you remember the one with, oh, there, was, there was a cat and a mouse way back before someone did, what was it called? One of the early, in 1920. Uh, he's in a cat. Yeah, it was, it was really funny. I remember that. I, I, there was, the relationship between the cat and the mouse. Yeah. <laughs> The mouse kept throwing things at the cat. Yep, he, kept, he always kept throwing bricks at him, if I remember right. That's right. I remember the cat saying, two bricks today, darling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was, was a great strip, that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah America's always had the, the best strips anyway, you know. They, they run rings around us here. Okay. Um, but uh, it's... it's uh, uh, fascinating. Anyway, uh, it's lovely to meet someone who appreciates strips. I I go time to follow things, and so I I've, uh, I've read some of the ones that you've done. Someone sent me some of yours as well, and uh, they I've had a chance to look at a few of them, and I'm looking forward to reading some more. 
No good. And uh, I'm glad you saw that book because uh, it was a, a, a terrific uh, insight into what went on, all, all the strips and the. the um, and as I say, um, I was knocked out. Do you know? Do you know? I, I didn't know how long it had been to me for me to recover from that uh, breakdown, but it was three months. Oh yeah. I can't. I can't remember much about it, but um, it's there in the book. And uh, uh, but that cover, you know, I um, I. Um, I hadn't done it for some time. I hadn't drawn Doctor, mm-hmm. but um, but honestly, I have the letter here. The publisher said it was perfect, and they 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 sold sold it for me on the eBay. We call it eBay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and it went for quite a bit of money. There. Now, now, when you worked on Doctor Who back in the sixties, um, yeah, you you were kind of doing cartoony stuff like like Popeye and Bugs Bunny and stuff. It's in succession, you know, it, as they came along. Uh huh. Um, you know, it was, it was like a, a conveyor belt. You know, um, we were given uh, stories as they came, and uh, but uh, some of them lasted. The, the, for instance, the very. You, do you know the um, Terry Anderson puppets, the sure. Thunderbirds? Yep, you bet. The, the, their first big one was Supercar. Uh huh. Do you remember that? Yep, I sure do. I've seen. I've seen a little so, bit of that. I drew Supercar for three years, and incredible did I did, and uh, and they um. They they, uh, they evolved that into Thunderbird, you know. Uh-huh. But, um, but that's the sort of stuff I was doing. And honestly, the, the detailed work in it is incredible. And I, my eyesight, I can't believe it. I really, I'm seeing so, especially in sunlight, in good light, I'm seeing so well in it. And it's frightening because I'm I'm, I'm terrified that, you know, someday it's going to suddenly stop. Uh-huh. But that's, that's, the, that's the truth, really. Well, was it a of a you to go to work on to go more kind of a realistic look as opposed to it's incredible. I must have just switched. Well, I'll tell you this: when I I met this agent who thought of this idea of Dallas and Dynasty and imaginary John Collins, he, he um, I I was doing a thing called Morph, which is a little plasticine character by the people who do um, Wallace and Gromit and things like that. Okay. Um, I was doing this, you know, for children, small children. When I met, met it, cause, and it was the last, I only had, I was down to one page a week, you know, it was getting really tight. And uh, he um, he suggested this because he said he'd been waiting to have it done, uh, someone who could do it. And I, I I had to suddenly switch, and I said, I've got to draw John Collins and that lot, and beautiful <laughs> me. Took, took me a fortnight, you know, I really took a fortnight on it. And at the end of that, I thought, that's it, I've got to, because I used to draw it. I love drawing John Collins. But the, but the editor, you know, he, he was really at the hot spot for him because I, I had a, a working lunch with him. Incidentally, um, after the breakdown, I, I developed agoraphobia, which is, uh, meant that I couldn't get up, go out. Huh? I couldn't leave the place for some time. And uh, when this came up, I had to get over that to go and see it, see the editor. I was terrified because... Uh, uh, but then I was okay if I had someone with me. Even the, the, the they sent a car for me, okay. so the driver was there. there. But I was hell. But the, but you know, Jeremy, everything went on so well. The interview, he was really. He sent he sent his top reporter, and uh, she she came. And, uh, supposed to spend an hour. She spent three hours with me. I got a full page spread for the launch, which is indescribable. Almost a full page, you know, the small strip at the bottom. Uh-huh. But. That's that, that's uh, that's never been done before on the Daily Mail, the one before uh, any of them, 
And uh, I got all this build-up, and then my wife hit me with this, and uh, bless her, you know, she, she was trying to, she couldn't, didn't know how to tell me. And um, I had to, you know, uh, yeah. put up with it. But, um, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> but uh, data, I mean, uh, if you saw the strip, though, uh, the, the, the drawing in that, you know, it really is something I've, I, I've, um, as it progressed, you know, as I got felt a bit better. The drawing itself was it was really good, but uh, um, it, it hadn't a chance for the fact that it, it was it, popularity was waning with the the program, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I and I was you know I was told by people who knew the agent had been an agent for thirty years. He said I'd make more than anybody else has ever made oh, any yeah. other, and uh, I'm, I'm talking about a million, which it could have been if it'd been worldwide. Yeah, um, and uh, I lost all that. So I'm hoping to, to get the million on the book. <laughs> the world owes me one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the uh, the agoraphobia that you suffered from. Do you oh, still well, suffer from it today? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I got over. I reached the stage, you know, and, and my, my agent, the fellow I had at the time, my agent said that he'd had a client who couldn't even leave, leave his room. So I thought the hell with that. And I I actually forced myself out. And when I turned the corner from, I, I live in a bungalow, and when I turned the corner from here, it was a, it was a celebration. And I managed to, to get over the, the going outside, but I was left uh, since, and this is 1961 or two. Mm-hmm. I, I can't go out on my own anywhere, on my own. I couldn't even go into Brom- uh, Bromley, which is not far away from me now. Bromley, uh-huh. And uh, I had to put up with that, but, I, you know, at least I kept going. But... Um, I um, it's the most appalling thing I go through. You know, it's one of the worst things you can have. Yeah. Uh-huh. I um, I um, and uh, even now, you know, I don't go out now. I'm virtually uh, housebound now. I don't mind because I've got I've got quite a large place. You know, so it, uh-huh. it doesn't doesn't restrict me so much. Did it make but, a uh, challenge <laughs> career-wise for you to to, or did you just have uh, like scripts sent to you and you work at home and then send your artwork yeah, out? I, I was so lucky with that because normally the, the, the fellows were working in the, I, I started off working in the, in the building uh-huh. and uh, I started to, uh, I, I, I did, uh, uh, I just uh, sent it by post uh, or, or rail and uh, and uh, and they sent, when I started I, was, uh, I had couriers coming with the script, you know, and uh, my neighbors thought I was a secret agent or something, <laughs> I was coming with scripts from that. Uh-huh. And, uh, and one neighbour thought I was a, bur- a burglar because I only worked. <laughs> I only worked at night. <laughs> Did, but, uh, but there was I was, I, I was so grateful, and I managed to carry on like that. Otherwise, I I don't know what I'd have done. But uh, all along, I've uh, even with the, um, the the mail, I was sending it by rail. And and in those days, I was I was working with cards, you know, quite thick cards, and they yeah. they had to send it back as well. So you know they. The same with the Daily Mirror. Now it's all done on this business of just transferring it on the, what is it, not email or whatever. Yeah, do it on computer. You don't send, you, you send, your you don't send the originals in. Yeah, you just mail it to forth. Changed, you know, but uh, I've been so lucky, as I say, with, uh, with, with everything, but there it is. And uh, I hope that uh, I've, uh, I've done much of you. I hope the interview is worthwhile. I don't know. Oh, I, I think so. I have a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Um, oh, no. When, when you started working on the Doctor Who strip, did you ever talk to the your predecessor, Neville Maine, 
Or did you know of him? Oh, uh, 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 right, I'll have to be frank about this. Neville Mayne was a bloody awful artist. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I know and, uh, everyone said so. Uh, well, I say awful. He, he wasn't that good. Huh? Uh, it's even been commented. Incidentally, I did two, um, I've done two DVDs. And uh, <clears throat> one for BBC, that was Doctor Who, and Granada for Supercar. Okay. They came here and filmed me here. Uh-huh. The television people. I have seen the Doctor Who one. And in that one, in the Doctor Who one, yeah. But even in that, I think one of them mentions the fact that the, the stuff that uh, Neville Main was doing was so poor that I was, one said that I was like a breath of fresh air because I came in with color as well. He was doing black and white. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm sorry, why do you, did you say you like his work? I Neville think it was okay. Um, you know, I... It kind, well, of, really. it kind of goes along the same lines as uh, like uh, superhero art over here. The the people that did superheroes back in the the, the golden age of comic books back in the forties and fifties. Um, I kind of look at their artwork differently than I do the stuff from like when I was a kid, the seventies and eighties. And I, I, Neville's artwork kind of has a, a certain charm for it. It's not definitely not my favorite. I think I'm, were, I'm sorry, it's probably had. I'm being too harsh here, but no, I, you know, I, 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 yours was a step up from. And, uh, from well, something. another thing too, uh, he and the, the editor of the TV comic, a friend named Mike Thorne, they were. I think their relationship was just more than. Uh, editorial. Okay. And uh, he, he favored, he, he, he really favored uh, Neville Main, you know. Uh-huh. And the stuff I was doing, it, it, it didn't make any impression on him at all, you know, and I was doing this bloody transition stuff. And, and, and I, I'm sorry, it's Main was, was, was fairly good, but I'm sorry, uh, uh, even uh, the, the people, as I say, uh, uh, outsiders said that his stuff wasn't, uh, wasn't that good. And, uh, he did Doctor Who, actually, didn't he, at one time, at the beginning, black and white. He did before, before he took over, and uh, oh, how difficult was it for you to do it after to, to just, did it you like a, a week or so between penciling it and coloring it and inking it and everything? Yeah, it's incredible. I've... Uh, yeah, I've just got one on my wall here, a sample in that frame one. And the the detail and the work in it, it was all yes, we used to I used to photographic colouring. You know the the in the old days they had well I don't know they still do it. They, they, you've got inks that were coloured inks which you uh-huh. build in. Sure. And it, it worked perfectly over the because it it, it, it over black and white line and uh, drawing. It enhanced the texture. You know, it was really good. Yeah. And that's what I used on that mostly. Not not uh, not watercolor. Okay. Uh, d- uh, photographic ink, and uh, still, I still have some here, and uh, <clears throat> it worked very well. But uh, the, the the work involved, and as I say, my eyesight to hold up like this is incredible. Yeah. It really. And uh, you said you only worked on Doctor Who for about six months or so. Um, right, and, and I went uh, down with this. Uh, 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 I am um, so really that was my limit, but. Uh, and uh, uh, a fellow I've forgotten the name took over after me. I forgot. Uh, John name. Canning was his name. I was going to yes. ask, did you ever meet John Canning or or? Can I, talk to I never met him, but he did quite a lot, didn't he? He, he did a long run on Doctor Who. Had a wild style, which splashed it all over the place. Uh-huh. That was the trouble, you see. With the stuff that we did was uh, in in, uh, in neat neat squares or rectangles. He he staggered his drawings all over the place, and it made a difference, I suppose. Yeah. 
I don't. I never met him. No, he's a very brilliant character. Did you know? And uh, I never met uh, him at all. No. But uh, <coughs> it, um, it, 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 then it took off. You know, I, I thought it was a good. I thought Doctor Who was a good uh, character, but I never heard it. And then it, it was a, the interest it developed with the children was incredible. Uh-huh. Really. Did you ever watch the TV show back when back when it first started, or back when you were drawing the comic strip? Yes, this is when when I was drawing the, when I started the strip, and uh, I just thought another you know another one in the production line. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And then this interest developed, and the children started to really take to it. And it's crazy. I don't know whether um, actually, um, as I say, Colin sent me a lot of the old, uh, really all of them in black and white film. Yeah. But there was one episode where he meets Santa Claus. Uh, I read <laughs> I mean, one last night. His children and stuff. And uh, I think he transfers him to another planet. Uh-huh. <laughs> because uh, I'm, I haven't looked at it properly here. But uh, I'm quite happy with the drawing, but it's nothing like I, I can do at, at my stuff now, as you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I did the stuff on there. Uh, the the Dallas and Dynasty ship was called the Supremes because it was so popular. The editor thought of that. Uh-huh. The editor of the Mail at the time was it's one of the most respected editors ever. And the fact that he went for this, you know, and, and uh, I I thought it was I I didn't notice the, the the program. I thought it was a rather raunchy. So I called it Phallus. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, my God, I'd have disgusted and brought these right here. <laughs> so he thought of the name, which was rather good, Supremes, because he loved uh, Diana Ross as well. Uh-huh. And uh, it was incredible, because after this fortnight, when I got down to junk, I really do, do a great Joan Collins, you know. Uh, if you saw the, um, uh, maybe one day I'll send you a copy of the, the launch page. It's quite, it's quite, a, it's quite a page. Really. Uh, the section of my strips in the middle and uh, and the the interview an interview with me round is uh-huh. it's quite a size <laughs> yeah he was really when I had lunch with him he had magazines open with pictures of them uh-huh. and uh, and he was notorious for being anti strip you know and he said to me I I turn down six a week <laughs> so wow. well, and. Uh, the art editor was just looking open mouth at all this. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was such a tragedy now. I know it could have been, uh, if I'd had a straight run at that ship, it would have been many. Whereas later on, the, 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 the gags, the actual uh, stuff in the in, in enjoyment, and uh, I got the characters bang on. I had all of them on. I even had Andre Trevin, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> all in I, I just went, of a strip. I went bonkers, you know. I'd, I'd, I'd gone all over the place. <laughs> but it was a heck of a strip. Yeah. And, uh, I wish you could see it. I've got to, I've still got it here. But, uh, Sounds like yeah. you've had one heck of a career. You've, it sound, you've done everything cartooning to... Oh, to see, yeah. Like just yeah, across and, the board. Uh, but uh, right across it. And, uh, and to be still operating. And... and uh, you know, I'm working on the. Uh, I've, I've done the illustration. The, the book is going to be really uh, artistic. The drawings in the book is. is you know, I can tell you, mm-hmm. it's really worth seeing. So uh, I hope it all goes well, and I hope I keep going. This, um, but I'm, I'm quite uh, uh, impressed with the fact that you want to talk to me. 
Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm the the podcast that I do, I'm trying to talk to as many writers and artists that have worked on Doctor Who in comic form as I can and um you're you're one that's always been on my list and luckily Colin was able to uh get me in touch with you because I've I've enjoyed this chat with you and and learning about your career and uh it's just been a treat for me to to speak with you today. Oh, thanks because you know, I don't know whether you, you know people are interested whether it's that you, I thought you just wanted to concentrate on Dr. Hubert's, which was really only a small part of it. <clears throat> but there were several, after, after me, when it went into the adult uh, field, there was some really good artwork, wasn't there? There sure was. There's a lot of good uh, writers and artists that have made stellar stories. Yes. So it's, and, uh, it, it kind of, I think Doctor Who in comic form kind of grew up as the, the kids that watched the show. You know, a lot of the, the, the kids watching the show back in, when it first started uh, oh, uh, yeah, got, because, uh, got to read you. You know, when scripts. I was on the mirror, I, I got uh, copies of old uh, Doctor Who magazines with, from people who were, say, in the account section. I'd remembered it and wanted me to sign their copy. Uh-huh. It's incredible, yeah. All the time. It's amazing how they remember it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I think I covered all my questions, sir. Uh, thank you very much for, for chatting with me today. I, I truly appreciate it. Well, I really enjoyed it. I had to go back and take a look to see when I actually did that interview with Bill Mevin because it's been so long I don't remember. And looking back on my files, that interview is from April of 2016. So that was when I was a much younger uh, gentleman, much younger podcaster, uh, just starting out quite uh, quite some time ago. And it's a lot has changed for me in my life as far as geographical location. Um, kids are a lot older than they were back in 2016. And uh, this podcast has grown quite a bit in the past five years since that podcast or that interview was recorded. And I'd like to thank everybody who has helped make this podcast what it is today, um, all the people that I've chatted with and been able to record interviews with and get the, the history or bits and pieces of the history of Doctor Who comics uh, on the internet, on the interwebs so that uh, future people or generations of Doctor Who fans can uh, find out about Doctor Who comics and find out about the people that have worked on them. And that includes you, the listeners, as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all the previous episodes of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. I truly appreciate it. This is my labor of love. This is my uh, what I do in my spare time, uh, as well as reading and drawing. And uh, I hope you enjoy this. And so until next time, whenever that may be, this is getting to be my busy time of year. I hope to we'll get an episode out here in December, but I make no guarantees. Otherwise, it might be after the first of the year. So until then, whenever that may be, this is Jeremy B. Ment saying goodbye and best wishes and good health. Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel to Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2B in the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. 
Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Thank you. Thank you.